All right. Good afternoon or good evening, my Z5 listeners. How's it going? It's me, Frankie Young. Um, obviously, you guys could tell that my voice is kind of really uh, messed up. Sound like a frog. Sounds like I've been smoking a hundred cigarettes today, but um, got an interesting uh, uh, thing going on where I had a jam session yesterday, and of course, the voice thing a little bit too loud, so. Um, had to really use my voice and yeah so this is how I sound like today but uh, I just want to say we have a special guest that we're interviewing today and I'm going to have her explain herself later on after the boys introduce themselves so um, boys take it away go ahead Josh all right then what's up everybody how's it going this is Josh coming to you live back from Tovangar, that's the Tongva word for Los Angeles, the land that we're on now, before it was called Los Angeles. I had a pretty good day today at the college I work at. We brought in some community members to look at the new Kuia basket exhibition. Kuia is one of the local desert tribes out here and also Mountain Kuia. And it was a good try, a good day, bringing out tribal members. Some like 100 people were out, a lot of elders. Um, but yeah, I'll talk more about that maybe later on, some of that experience, but glad to be here back with a new guest and just the latest and greatest in Indian country. Oh, so how much talk about chante wash ten up cheese up below. Um was the haha emata on Wagmizo Wakba Awati. But hello everyone, my name is Miko Berkeley. I shake your hand with a warm heart from Pine Ridge Reservation, but I live in uh Corn Creek community, which is known as Pass Creek, but before we jump into this, I would like to introduce a very um, uh, well-respected relative. Um, we just had a really great conversation with her just a little bit, a little bit ago about different experiences, things we know, and just to just to kind of get the ball rolling within our podcast. And I know we uh, we're all laughing, trying to get the jaders out, trying to get our jollies off because apparently it's her first time on zoom so we want to kind of get get her well acquainted with the zoom world but i would like to introduce um our relative friend all the way from antelope creek our <laughs> mission but uh, you want to introduce yourself hi everybody and my name is cameron Antoine. and if you're listening thank you for sharing your time and energy with us i really appreciate it and i hope that you could gain something beautiful something knowledgeable or something inspirational from this conversation we're going to have, or even just a good laugh or giggle, something. Um, what else do I say? Yo, I thought that was pretty smooth. Yo, no, I, that that's all you got to say. That was good. That was good. <laughs> Stay no. with me, guys. I'm going to get better in time, but I'm moving at the pace of grace here. No, nah, that was perfect. That was perfect, yo. <laughs> okay. Yo, yo. Get better in time. And then also, I want to back to Miko. Um, first and foremost, it's not Antelope Creek. It's Antelope Creek. <laughs> uh, oh, it, 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 I thought, oh, Antelope Creek's a little um, gas station over here. My bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> She's from my gas station. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's from the gas station. So, um, Cameron Antoine's from Antelope Community <laughs> on the road <laughs> reservation. Well, since um, you're from the gas station, get me a glizzy, all right? <laughs> oh my god Josh oh my god uh, I'll get one for all three of you don't worry thank you yeah, each. <laughs> yeah. the boys boys like their glizzies with no buns but just to continue from that I need my protein yeah Josh <laughs> but um 
I I really want to welcome Cameron and a uh, part of um, having her here uh, from um, Frankie's perspective was that, you know, Cameron was a hustler coming out of the community of Antelope and really what she wants to do is start her own podcast and having her here is kind of just kind of shooting her ideas out there, kind of putting them out there for the universe and maybe it'll come back to her in a different way. But, you know, that's all what we're all about, you know, kind of manifesting, kind of, we want to appreciate the experiences, you know, and I kind of want to talk about that a little bit more, you know, Cameron, what was your experience? <laughs> well, your camera just like, what the heck? Just fucking left you. <laughs> but... I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, where are you going? <laughs> but, um, yeah. so, like, we're here to just chop it up, and I really hope you guys really get a lot of like our energy through the through the communes of the internet. But I really enjoy this. But Cameron, I guess my first question is um what was and like in a really condensed version, what was your childhood like? You know, what was high school like? You know, what was your decision decisions after high school? But take it away. What was my childhood like? So I was like you guys. I are like Frankie. I'm not sure who else said they're raised by their grandma, but I was raised by my grandma for a lot of my life because my mom had me at a really young age. Um, I will say, like, I was around a lot of love. Like, of course, I went through a lot of things in in my childhood and like in my teenage years, with just not knowing who I was, knowing the power that I carried. And understanding like how important my life was and how special I was. Hold up, sorry. I need a second. <laughs> but yeah, take a drink, take a time, take a yeah, moment. Clear your um, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course I went through like tribulations, but I don't wanna sit here and like uh say like my life was so bad you know because I feel like even through the bad things it's what inspired me to want to do good things I looked at it more as inspiration rather than I did as a reason to like be what I've seen there it goes again <laughs> um be what I've seen in my environment but uh overall like my childhood was really good um you know, being that I wasn't, I didn't really have my father in my life, but I did have my grandmas and I'm so grateful for that. But there was like, with the lack of parent, what would I say, parent present in my life, there was a lot of things that I struggled with. So I feel like I, like I told you before, I spent a lot of it, like really trying to find my importance and my value as just somebody on this earth, you know, and, and actually understanding that there is a light that I'm carrying and I'm not just here to die basically. And I know that sounds so like rough and like vile, but that's how a lot of people feel. Like they really walk around with feeling like they have no purpose or, you know, like, what am I doing here? Am I just here to work? Like, am I here to live in poverty? And like you said, poverty is a mindset. Am I here to struggle? You know, so I spent a lot of my life up until I want to say like a few years ago, really not seeing that I did carry a light and I'm not here just for no reason. And I'm not here just to waste space, but to take up space and the space that I'm going to be taking up is going to be filled with light, you know. So I feel like if I could really explain my childhood and my high school experience up until like the last few years, that's how I would really identify it with is those feelings and thoughts and realizations. 
man. I wish that was so cool. I really like that because a lot of what we know as uh, res kids really is um we have to see the kind of the bad side of things to know good side. You know what I mean? Because life is about balance. You know, you want to know love without heartbreak. And I I really try to preach that a lot to a lot of my the youth I work with, you know, you wouldn't know a bad, a bad day without a good day. You know what I mean? So in a sense, you know, in order to find your light, you got to discover your dark. So you got to know a lot of the dark to know your light. And I really enjoy that because uh, like, like we were all laughing about earlier, you know, like the no daddy club. Yay. But really it's just not to like romantic, romanticize that or glamorize that. But in a sense of like, we do have community, you know, you're not alone. And that's the whole thing I was taught growing up was that, no one on the reservation is truly an orphan when you have relatives all over, you know what I mean? And a lot of the things I was taught was that even though you may not have a dad, like I didn't have my dad, but shit, I had a lot of fathers in my life. You know, like my uncles, my older brothers, my older cousins, you know, certain individuals that taught me things, you know, good and bad things. You know, I always tell my kids, you know, I was like, choose your uncles wisely because like I had uncles that try to give me a joint instead of a teaching you know what I mean like those kind of experiences like whereas um I don't want to pick up those bad habits you know like you were talking about earlier like um uh cycles and patterns you know like generational trauma or the the curse so to say but to me it's just um a lot of people are in survival mode and part of being in survival mode is to kind of be an autopilot so like I do see why people find it easier just to pick up a, a can of beer or pick up a drink because it's so easy to fall in a place of like, what am I even doing here? You know what I mean? And like, I, I would be lying if I didn't question myself like that either. You know, I had a lot of days where it's like, man, wh where am I supposed to be in this world? You know, and I, and I had um, a loving grandmother, but uh, a lot of things she tried to teach me growing up was that, um, and people kind of see this kind of weird. Cause like we're in a we're in a place of like you know it's good for men to cry, but whenever I was young growing up and learning how to sing and learning my purpose within the family, she was like, you don't have you don't have to cry no more. You know you're a man now. So part of that is being strong emotionally because I have to pick up my relatives too. You know, got to be able to confidently pray for them without falling apart. So that's what she was saying. She wasn't just saying don't cry; it's not manly, but. You don't have to cry anymore because you have all these support systems there to uplift you. You know, you don't have to be sad no more. And um, that's a lot of what we want to get into here. You know, Cameron, I know you had a you had a really good story about um being raised by your grandma. So I guess um, that's my next question is uh, uh seeing your grandmother's life. You know, how can you kind of um, what was some luxuries? Because when I think about my grandma, she didn't have the luxury to be a mom. You know, because she had to work to provide and you had to she couldn't afford to be a mom. And so to say, so like, what was um? do you hear any like cool stories? Like what was the biggest teachings your grandma gave you? I mean, just just things like that. Mm -hmm. I think. OK, so, you know how when we were talking earlier, Frankie was like, Cameron really tries to help women embrace their feminine side. One thing I'm so grateful for that my grandma taught me is my feminine side you know how to and i know this is like people are gonna i don't know i don't want nobody to take this wrong as i'm saying that woman should cook clean and th things like that like i don't want nobody to be like no like girls girls, girls. no but what i'm saying is those are nurturing traits to cook to clean to you know have um 
create a beautiful meal for people that you love. That's healing. You, you heal people through your food. So one thing that I'm really grateful for is seeing my grandma be a caretaker, seeing my grandma be a healer, seeing my grandma be a, a loving woman, a woman that loved without judgment, you know? So that's something that I really took from my grandma and she really helped me embrace what it is to be a woman. And although like we never really had conversations about it, like I seen through the way that she carried herself, the way that she talked about people, she didn't gossip, you know, she didn't really have hate in her heart. So, and one thing that I will say is as a woman, like our heart is our most important thing, you know, that that's where all of our love comes from. That is what makes us who we are as a human, but especially as women, we're not as logical as men. So it is a, it, it is very important to have a, a clean, safe, beautiful heart. And that's one thing that my grandma taught me. And I feel like that that is something that I'm very grateful. And that is a luxury that I get I got to have, because I know, like you said, even though, you know, you had a grandma, she wasn't like she couldn't really play that like motherly role, you know, because she had she had to also play the father role. But my grandma, thankfully, she was able to show me that. And that is why I am the woman that I am today. Dang, that's 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 awesome, because it's like. Um, you know, uh, you could tell it's funny because like, or that's not funny, but it's, you're trying to say like, it's a good thing. Or you can tell yeah. Frankie from the conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, It makes me smile because like when you said, you know, you're, you were raised by your grandma because, um, you know, like even my brothers or even people that I, that I've been around, they would say like, man, you could tell that you were raised by your grandma because you're always trying to help people. You're always trying. Cause that's what they would say to me is like, because you know, like me, I, I, uh, um, took in my siblings. So my little brother and sister, but I always took care of them, always made sure that they had food or always like did these things that my grandma did. And when somebody was sick, I always tried to take care of them. And, um, you know, even with Chris, I, I tried to like, like when she got sick, I was always like, Oh, um, you know, I got to make sure all this is, but I didn't worry about myself, which was like one, one of the things, cause that's how my grandma was, is she was so worried about everyone else. She wasn't worried about her well being, And so that was one of the traits that I picked up from my grandma. And that's something that I can like, uh, you know, relate to you. And it, that's awesome to hear about, you know, what, what your grandma has done for you to make you go. Yeah. Yeah. This whole conversation has reminded me of my great grandmother on my mom's side. She was Mexican. So she moved from Mexico to Kansas, then the Texas, then the Los Angeles. I knew her till I was in like fifth grade. She was like in her eighties and she spoke mostly Spanish, but I always understand. And she you know the little English she did speak. Uh, she could uh, definitely conversate with people in English. I didn't know any Spanish at the time, but yeah, I just, I remember walking to her house and she was in LA and she always made these pink cupcakes, checked in with everybody and always hosted Thanksgiving at her house. And I remember like, we heat up like the tortilla and I put like butter on it and just kind of eat it. So a lot of memories with food associated, but no matter what, even as elderly as she was, she was taking care of everybody my uncles, my cousins, my family, my direct household. And then everybody else would come over and, you know, she wasn't like really rich by any means, but there was always a place for anyone at her table to share her space, to, you know, watch TV and communicate. And she was always there for her birthdays and stuff. So it was really nice. And, Actually, yeah, just reminded me of flooded of memories from like kindergarten through like fifth grade of 
going to her house and being around her and she would say like que lindo, que lindo. and i remember her uh, spanish accent so yeah that's on my mexican side And like, and like, um, what I know is that a lot of the traits that our relatives walk is kind of preparing us for when they leave. And that's one of the biggest things my uncle taught me before he left this world was, uh, I remember being young and one of the things he hit me with was like, like family is important, like all this stuff, like gatherings and like a good meal, like all these things are important, but like, are you guys going to carry that after we're gone? You know, that was the kind of thing that he hit me with. And now that he's not here anymore, I find it really hard to, like, get people to gather. You know what I mean? I've been trying to have, like, a lot of family gatherings. But, like, there was some people that kind of, like, glued the family together. And that's a trait that I can't learn. But I know it's a uh, it's a thing I could learn, uh, I could experience and try to work with and kind of build on it. Because, like, like, all our grandmothers, you know, they hold the family together. So are you and trying to really, like communicate with everybody and bringing them together, but like yeah, successfully? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and it's just like uh, the connectiveness, you know what I mean? The the uh, idea of like tiwahe, you know, just bringing people together, having a good meal, and and like I know what Cameron said was uh, really um would be talked about because like there is a whole movement of women out there that think, well, I don't want to cook and clean, but like not in a bad way of like. Um, cause like my mom and my grandma sat me down and taught me how to cook and do dishes and wash my clothes, not in a sense of like, oh, it's a female's duty, but in a sense of like knowing how to take care of yourself, like being able to uh, hold your own, you know, cause like, if you like just saying like in a relationship, you know, like you want to be able to bring more than just like, yeah, I make the money, but no, like bringing in the skills of like, yeah, I could take care of laundry. I could, um. I could wash the dishes. I could do all these other things too. You know what I mean? And so it's more about just being um in a relationship because you're you're sharing a space with the individual. And like, and I don't want to talk about relationships and snags because I know Josh might start crying or Frankie might start crying. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> oh, just so everyone knows. Uh, the reason why Miko's trying to act like that because he's single right now. So oh, ladies. whatever, bro. Whatever. <laughs> Miguel's like, I'm a good native man. I can cook and clean and I make money too. <laughs> no, no, Frankie tries to fucking hand me off at every gathering we're at. Like, oh, my bro, Miko. Um, Miko comes over to Rosebud Country. It's it's funny because, um, so I don't know if you've ever been in, have you been to, uh, like Oglala territory at all? Like Pine Ridge? Yeah, yep, Pine Ridge. Yeah. Um, okay, all right. So, um you can kind of notice like how people are over there versus like how we are and i like to i like to brat i'm oglala too i'm rolled over there but um i'm an honorary rose butter but uh i always like to brag like we're nicer and stuff so miko got to come over and i got to introduce him to everybody and miko liked that uh like that um type of like because everyone was cool with him but every time there was someone there i would always try to sell him off i was like oh yeah and he's single and Miko's like wow or I, like always laugh so <laughs> Bro, embarrassing in a way. <laughs> I kind of saw me go off on my per cap aunties out here too. I know. It's like sleep, sleep over their mouth moments. Like, oh my god! <laughs> trying to get them to California, be... you know, come shack up over yeah. here, Miko, and hang out with me, <laughs> and go to the He's beach, be... dude. Yeah, but I guess um, 
I guess um like does any of the boys have any questions for Altifiri? Because I don't want to be the one asking questions because I, I I'm getting a lot of insight, but I also I get asked some. Yeah, yeah. So Cameron, out of the things that you know you do in life, like what brings you joy? You know that moment when like you just feel energy, super happy. Like what are those things that makes you feel that way? And you know whatever activity it is, or maybe reading, like. What do you love to do that gives you, you know, that love for life? I think when I'm able, I told you before, I love really good conversations. Like whenever you're really able to connect with somebody like spiritually and men mentally, like that, like gives me like a recharge in my body. And that's really why I want to do a podcast, because I like when people start having conversation. It makes me feel like I'm connected to something, you know, and I think a lot of like not to get off topic, but a lot of my whole life, I really felt disconnected from a lot of things, a lot of people. So like I do, in a sense, like I crave connection, but community, you know, I crave a community. So when I feel like I, I have a community, then it like, it's very recharging for me, but that too. And I love being a big sister. Like when All I'm right. around my little brothers, like that really gives me life too. And just, you know, being I have like a little ritual that I do every morning. Like I drink my tea. I, yeah, tell, I, tell us about that ritual. What is, my, it? what is it? <laughs> okay. My little ritual in the morning is I wake up and I don't really like to be on my phone the first three hours that I wake up. Like I personally really need time to like, you know, see how I'm feeling, gather my thoughts and really just, you know, ground myself. Like I need that. My, my morning is the most important part of my day. So I'll wake up and I drink my tea every morning. That brings me peace. Tea is peace for me. And I, I pray to, you know, who I believe in and I give gratitude. I read a book right now. I'm reading Becoming Supernatural. It's really long. I just be moving at the pace of grace, but I read like at least a couple pages every single day. Um, That's really all I do. I'll listen to some frequencies. I take my mornings like really chill, but very serious at the same time, you know, because I'm like, preparing myself for the day ahead and i know if i have a calm morning i know i'll be able to deal with anything that the day has ahead because i've grounded myself already that's good that's really good now i have to ask you because you're saying about feeling you want to feel connected and you hate feeling disconnected right that's kind of what your yeah. goal is in life right yeah so during not the that pen i'll hate... oh, go ahead sorry not that i hate feeling disconnected because i don't mind solitude but i don't i feel like one thing that we we go a lot of people, especially nowadays, I don't know why they're normalizing. Like, I don't need nobody. Like, <laughs> no, like we need good people. Like when I'm truly a firm believer that we came in this life to learn and to love. That's really what we did. So like, I'm not going to live this life if I'm feeling love. Like I'm not going to be able to experience life to its full capability, you know, and within community is love. And within love, when love happens, a community happens. So I think a lot historically, I'm going to ask you, did the COVID-19 pandemic and isolation times affect you in those ways? Because you want to feel connected to community, like what was going on there in those times? And has that caused you to seek different goals in life now because of that historical event? Or have you kind of remained the same, but maybe with a new perspective or a lack of a changed perspective because of that recent pandemic that we had in the past few years? You know, the pandemic didn't really affect me, but only because, like I said, like I was already like 
disconnected. So when you're disconnected from self, you're disconnected from the whole entire world. They're, they they mean it whenever they say when you come closer to self, you realize that you really are one with a lot of mostly everything. Like, you know, so I feel like because I already, you know, wasn't in a right headspace, I I was already like in solitude, you know, it didn't really affect me. It wasn't until after COVID that I actually started understanding how important it was to have community and how much love they brought in. So personally, like the pandemic didn't affect me, but yeah. <laughs> cool. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. I was just curious because the reason why I ask you that is because I asked a lot of my college students that. So right okay. now my college students who had just graduated this past year and then some who are like sophomores and freshmen, those were high school Zoom kids. You know, they were always on Zoom, you know, in the cities, like, you know, not everybody actually even had Wi-Fi. And I'm talking to Miko and Frankie and also understanding it, like, you know, how the res try to, you know, circumvent or uh, try to navigate the pandemic as well. Not everybody had Wi-Fi at home. Now we had computers to do work. So I always think of that because I work with students and the socialization of them in college has definitely been altered by the pandemic. So your thoughts mm-hmm. about community and being connected kind of really brought me back to those historical moments in the past couple of years and how that has kind of changed people for the most part for what I've heard for better because they want to be able to, you know, get back into community again and build those strong relationships that are really important to making ourselves, you know, just feel happy about life. Yeah. I also feel like because especially being on the reservation, like we're already stuck here. So what like not to say that we're stuck here, but like we're already like in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> we're stuck. Gnome's not allowed over here and we're not allowed to leave. Like <laughs> oh, no. oh, gnome. Okay, you wanna explain what the gnome thing is? I don't think all our listeners might know about that recent news. Well, from what I heard, they banned her from going to, is it, what reservation can somebody use? Pine Ridge. Yeah. They blocked her from going to Pine Ridge, which I don't think is wrong. I think if you don't have respect for the people, the people are allowed to, you know, your energy's not allowed here. That's that. Like, it's just respectful, you know? Yeah. But, Governor um, Chrissy Nome was, uh, not allowed on Pine Ridge Reservation. That's what happened in the news. Yeah, I'll read about it more. Maybe maybe we'll talk about it on another pod, you know, future on. But yeah, that's the latest South Dakota politics. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she might get us. She might send some people out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no thanks. <laughs> but <laughs> back, no, we're not stuck on the reservation. But we're already, a lot of us are isolated. Like, you know, they we're really far away from a lot of things so I feel like personally I don't know if I don't know how you guys could speak feel about it you know were you guys really affected by it being that we were already kind of put in isolation you know I doubt like and a lot of people were probably already living without wi-fi because that's not here people struggle with the basic needs you know I know people personally that struggle with the basic needs so you know, I doubt like them losing are not already having access to something that they really didn't have access to wasn't too like harmful in a sense. So how can you guys speak on that? Because I know you guys also live on the reservation. So I guess, uh, Frankie, you want to start? All right, cool. So I'll, I'll just cut mine real fast. But um, I, during that time, I worked for the diabetes prevention program. Um, I was like in year year seven because I've been working there for like seven years. And um, that's how I got to know the whole community. Uh, basically, like 
learning how to uh, help people whenever they need it or just um well i mean like you know how it is over there cameron so uh <clears throat> i used to work there and once they told us that we were done i was like what do we do like how am i gonna work out because this is the only gym and like how, w what's gonna happen so mainly we were like quarantined in our place uh i had wi-fi we we're getting uh we were covered throughout that year but it's like man like what do i do like i don't even do I work out outside or do I go to Valentine gym or, and of course we had curfew. So that was tough too. But, um, that really made me get into like different types of things. And I mean, we've talked about it in past, uh, the past podcast episodes, but like my main thing was cooking. And so I picked up a, a business called uh, Kale preps and, um, you know, like selling meal preps and basically that's what made a hustle for me and, you know, picking up new skills. So I feel like it did affect us, but it kind of didn't because we picked up on new skills, but I, I can say that for myself. I can't say that for everyone else. So I don't know what they've been through of course, everything else, but um, that's what happened. Uh, Miko, you want to go next? Yeah, I think for me, it was a needed pause in a sense of like, um, I guess to meta metamorphosize. I don't even know if that's the right word to say. Like, what is it when like um, butterfly cocoons? Is that metamorphosize? So you want to evolve like a Pokemon? Yeah. Pokemon <laughs> evolution, baby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it was just more of like taking a pause because I know in my life, you know, I took a lot of um, avenues of like wanting to be within like around my friends and just kind of um, build on those ideas. But like it, it made me sit back and realize like how serious I want to uh, put my voice out in the world. So you know, like for the idea of like creativity, I know in mid COVID, I started doing TikTok. So my whole thing with um, doing TikTok was being able to just like be myself, you know, kind of promote like myself as an individual, like just to kind of express my creativity in a way of like, um, so this is my POV of the world. You know, it's not the same as everybody else. I, I really enjoy that, like TikTok and like just to see how different views of the world. But I know I, I started getting a, like a lot of people like looking and I did a poem on there called uh, Reservations or Heaven. And man, it just it was so cool to me that um a lot of people feel the same way about the res, you know, because like when I was in college, a lot of people kind of I don't want to go to the res. The reservation says they it's a dangerous place. You don't want to go there. And it's just like so backhanded because like, should I love the res? You know what I mean? Like a lot of people want to leave. But, like, that's not me because my whole point of going to college was um to become someone I needed when I was growing up. You know what I mean? Because I didn't have a lot of people in my life. But I had people who were, who were teaching me. But, you know, I didn't have a lot of people that showed me how to open those doors or get into those doors or get into the world of opportunity because a lot of people are just trying to survive. You know what I mean? And that's how far. And it's just how far you want to be compassionate about it because. I don't know. Everyone's a hater. You know, a lot of people have their own things going on in their life. But for me, it was more of um, just taking a pause in life because there was so much that happened in my life that I had to really sit back and think and like, man, what do I want to do? And so it was a good pause. And like like you said, you know, like we're social beings, you know, we need to be around people and we need to have like the presence of good energy all the time. But I really think being at home with my mother and my nephew really uh, sufficed in a way I can't uh, quantify because I can't really um, explain that experience because it was 
it was loving and caring, you know what I mean? Although there was a lot of things going on out there with the sickness, I didn't really want to, um, I, I, I wanted to keep an innocence to the world. You know, I don't want to look at the world in a bad view ever. So that was my experience. All right. I reflect. Wait. I, oh, can I say something real quick? Yeah, go for it. Mm -hmm. Go for it. I like that you said you don't want to see the world in a bad view because that's very true. Because the way you perceive the world is like what's going on in your mind. You know, the world can be a very like crazy, not always good place. But at the end of the day, like you're per it's all about your perception, you know, and you could look at something and be like, wow, that's why I'm going to be a better person, you know, so I could be one less person that the world has to worry about. It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, just Joe. like you, just like you, Miko, beautiful man. You. Oh, you know me. <laughs> but uh, shoot, um, there was a time when I was in school. I was getting my master's and I was burnt out. I hated everybody. I didn't want, I didn't hate people, but like, I didn't want to go to school anymore. I think I was frustrated. I was projecting my inner anger. I was like, just being burnt out of school. I, you know, got my bachelor's and then I went to get, you know, graduate education and I just wasn't having any fun anymore. So it was a nice break, a nice reset. I got to work from home. I had that privilege of uh, getting the job. And then I learned how to cook better. Actually, I started exercising more again. I was running two 5Ks a week. There's a 5K track um, like by my school that my old job used to host. So I would just run that and listen to music. I got back into playing guitar again, and I took a huge hiatus in graduate school of not playing guitar. So I found found my passion for that again, rock and roll. I'm a metalhead and rock and roll at heart. Um, helping my partner through it. We live together, you know. So just being there to cook more and clean, things that I kind of ignored maybe when I was in school because I was focusing so much on like, you know, doing this assignment and teaching. So that was a really good part of it. And ironically enough, I actually got more connected to the res because of the pandemic. Originally, I was supposed to work over at the Crazy Horse University out in uh, Black Hills. But then, you know, pandemic shut that down. And I started working Upward Bound online. And that's how I met Miko. We got connected, you know, doing all these Zoom sessions with students and some other coworkers too. Uh, I've been able to meet. And then the following summer when people started coming back in, you know, like in the person again and things were less strict, I actually went and worked up in Vermilion two summers in a row in person after that COVID summer. And I got to tell you, like, that was the best decision in my life to go up there and work humbled me in a very in a very respectful way and i got to travel a lot meet students meet family members and then some of the times we were on the break from the school schedule i went back and visited my family around oglala um so that was pretty cool and i got stronger connected with my uh family from the res out there so yeah it's it's been a beautiful journey and it was a much needed time but I'm not trying to say all oh, the bad things that did happen is what made me feel happy, but there was a kind of a a good and a light, I guess, a recharge moment while trying to navigate a really difficult time that people faced a lot of hardships and it was really difficult. So yeah, that was pretty much my experience wrapped up in a nutshell. I think the world in a sense, or a lot of people needed the realization that covid brought you know that we for like i said earlier we aren't meant to 
work. Uh, we're not meant to live this life to just work to die. You know, like we we tend to forget the things that actually matter, like nurturing those around us and taking care of, you know, our mental health or even doing things that make us happy outside of work. And I feel like with COVID, a lot of people were able to like the people that, you know, weren't struggling as bad. They were able to find the light within that. Is that and mean? my heart goes out. Yeah. And my heart goes. Oh, sorry. Oh, you're good. Are you, and my so heart goes out to the. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you go first. <laughs> it's you. Oh, okay. Hey, right. Frankie, Frankie, you're on. Don't mess up. Cheese. <laughs> um. So what you're telling us is that we we got woke, basically. So that sounds. Everybody woke up. We woke mm-hmm. up, you know. We stopped. We stopped hibernating all this time and actually like got to live life, like yeah. our ancestors once did. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's something that I also want to go back to when Miko was like, I think you said something along the lines of like, I didn't see opportunity around me. Do you do you remember what? Okay, can you repeat like along the lines of what you said, just so I could build off of that because. So I think um, you're talking about um, was it before we started recording? Like no, um, no, no. You were like talking about how you didn't see certain things growing up, like you didn't see like almost like. Basically, what I was trying to build off of it is because I know you know, um, Frankie talked about my hustle. One of the things that I realized, especially being here, is and starting a business is mm-hmm. I didn't have no proper guidance at all to what I was doing. Like I never see nobody start a business. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think that that was feasible. Like a little res kid starting her own business. Like I'm like, come on, be for real. Like, <laughs> like at the time before I did it, you know. And oh, okay. I think. Yeah, do you know what I'm talking about now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> you have to bring it back because I thought I was in your podcast the way you was talking, so I was waiting for questions. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're becoming a natural. I, I was yeah. This is the this is the Cameron podcast now. Z five's out. Yeah, it's hers. So, Cameron's <laughs> taking over, guys. Just, like, just listen up. <laughs> that's that's way She's gonna ask the real hard questions tonight. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys be talking, I just be like, oh, let me just pick their brains some more but um back to what I was saying like I feel like a lot of our people too become discouraged when they think about being something that they've never saw you know like you know uh, even just anything like an actor or or just being somebody that even breaks generational generational cycles you know in terms of like oh you know, am I going to be an alcoholic? Like, it's more easier for somebody to be an alcoholic than it is for them to not because that's all they've seen. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it's like yeah. basically saying that, like, it's hard. One of the biggest obstacles that I still am learning how to conquer is even though I don't see nobody around me first handedly doing it, that doesn't mean that I'm not it, like it's not feasible for me. You know, mm-hmm. it just means that. Now I have to be one of the first people. So the people that are close to me, they can see that it's feasible and like just breaking that pattern. And that's something that's so important. I don't want anybody to ever get discouraged because they don't see, you know, greatness or whatever greatness is to them happening around them. Like, I just want people to understand that, you know, the power really is within you and it takes somebody to like light that flame so other people can also 
see beyond what's just in front of us, you know, because there is so much more out there into the world. And a lot of the times we don't always find inspiration. I didn't find inspiration in a lot of or I did find inspiration, but like I didn't find my fire in a lot of the things that were within me. And if I, I didn't take the entrepreneurial route and, you know, basically give myself a like a difficult task, then I would have just sat in comfort. You know, I would have been doing something that didn't really make me grow or didn't really like test how mentally strong I am. It, it was just kind of like, oh, I'm here and I'm just here trying to survive, you know, like try, just because I know everybody else around me could be surviving, too, because that's what a lot of it was. I know that I've seen a lot of my family members work jobs that they didn't really like, you know, and they didn't think that they could be the things that they wanted to be because they didn't see nobody else do it. Like, you know, even in terms of like being a good relative, like you say, like being, you know, loving and kind and and living a very honest way of life and just not becoming victim to drugs and alcohol. Yeah. And I think I like I think what I said was um I wanted to leave and just like become someone I needed because I never had those opportunities of having people to show me how to open those doors and kind of find those doors of opportunity because so much people are in survival mode. So I think that's where, is that what you was talking about? What, what yeah. I said? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think for me like that was um, understanding my roles and responsibilities as a, as a young man, because I think at one point I started to think, man, I want something different because I had a lot of people in my life that, um, like I said, you know, I had uncles that, you know, that gave me a beer or that gave me a joint, you know, but they were just hurting themselves. You know? They just wanted someone to hurt with. But obviously not being the knucklehead I am, you know, I did smoke a joint. You know, I did <laughs> take a sip of beer because I thought it was cool. You know, I wanted to be a part of that. But it's, oh, no, <laughs> yeah, like, so like I, I'll take a sip and just giggle and be like, ooh. I'm like, you know, like, <laughs> young young neff acting up goddamn yeah but i think um for me it was just like you know i had to experience that because i know there's um i don't want that for like my nephew now you know what i mean and i want to set the bar so high that like he he's gonna pass me you know what i mean not in a sense of educational sense, but in a sense of individuality, because I wasn't the best person, you know, and I could say that very humbly because uh, there was a lot of moments in my life where I was kind of shitty to some people, but like that was just off experiences, you know what I mean? But a lot of where I'm at now is based off those experiences, all my mistakes, all my my accomplishments, you know, like everything, like heartbreak, all the, every lie I might have said, but like all of it was just building me up to this moment right here. You know what I mean? And like, I don't want to be stuck on that past. You know what I mean? Because if I stay living there, you know, I'm always going to be stuck there. But I'd rather enjoy this moment because thinking about tomorrow is kind of scary. You know, I don't want to think about tomorrow or the next day after that or next week. But I know um, just live in the moment, you know, I really appreciate that. So. Cameron, what um, you were saying earlier. Sorry, do you have something to say? Oh, yeah, real quick. Yeah, yeah, go oh. for it. Oh, hold up. Lose your train of thought, huh? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Josh, see what you caused, Josh? Yo, I'm sorry because I'm just like, I, I got, I, I just, I, I just had core memory got unlocked in my mind, man. Um, uh, 
remember. Go ahead. And maybe I'll remember. All right. Because yeah, you're talking about like role models and like seeing someone, you know, like you oh, and doing what you want to yeah. do. So I was going to say no. And one thing I will say is like, I also did like, I dabbled in things, but, but if I didn't dabble in certain things and I didn't be like, you know, like you said, I wasn't always the best person either. And that's something that I can say too, but I think it's whenever people aren't the best people and they go and, you know, turn themselves around. That's a real, that's a real story, you know? Cause like, and you can turn yourself around. You're not always stuck. Like you're, if you do bad things, that doesn't mean you're a bad person. You're usually just somebody that's reacting off of your childhood or, you know, just dealing with traumas and pain that you're, sadly embodying out into the world you know and you're embodying towards other people so I don't know I feel like whenever you go through things like that and you change it inspires other people to know you know like I, I'm not perfect like I did drug I did struggle with certain bad habits and drugs and alcohol and things of that nature you know but I'm I'm different now and that's why I want to share it with you because I know that if I could find the light and hold on to it you can too mm -hmm. Uh, Let's hear I, core memory. I like that. Oh, what's core core memories, Josh? Oh yes. yeah. So you're talking about like role <laughs> models, right? So originally in my undergrad college life, I wanted to be a professor because I was always arguing growing up with like mostly non-native people. So like just for like a background in middle school, I was like one of I don't know five Indians in the school, maybe six. In high school, I was like one of eight or ten, and three of those other students or two of those are my siblings. So there wasn't that many. And I was always arguing with the teacher about like Native American history. So I just love proving, you know, not Native people wrong. I'm like, hey, you're wrong. Like, hell no. So I grew up thinking that like, oh, I want to teach people the truth. Like I'm I'm angry that everyone, you know, talks about lies, stereotypes, and just, you know, privileges white voices that have caused so much harm to the United States when like Natives were here first and we were just chilling and people came over here, took the land and were like, hey, like this is ours now. And then they decided to kill everybody. And that's a huge summarization of Native American history, which is probably not accurate, but you know, to say the least, that's what I tell students when they ask for a huge summary. But go back to sophomore year in college, I went to my Native Studies class, and there was this Apache professor um, that I had, and I've I worked with him for a while since. But seeing like a real looking Native guy, like just tell students the real deal about like Native American genocide, was like seeing a superhero. You know, like when people see. Iron Man or like whatever superhero they fancy or their favorite sports athlete. And to me, I was just like, wow, like I can do that one day. Like I could be like this native looking dude and tell people they're wrong and get paid for it. And it was like, and I'm still smiling right now as I talk about this story. And I remember I was like 19 or 20 and I was sitting there like, wow, like this is possible. And I thought it was like the coolest shit in the world at that time. That's that's how I feel when I see you, bro. Don't make me blush. <laughs> really Nico. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel when you take me on those subway dates, bro. Oh my god. Your, your professor would have your professor would be proud. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. he's cool. Yo. And um I guess uh leading up to my next question, like uh about um I guess earlier you said uh you know, we can't really isolate, you know, we can't really be alone because one of the greatest things I heard or was from one of my elderlies, uh, his name's Gene Tenak, and he said, uh, we're individuals at a spiritual level and um, we are spiritual people, so we don't need to look for uh, angels or spirits when we have our relatives right near us. 
so I guess like um I like and like and uh, you talked a lot about like your grandma and, like but uh who was the one person that just hit you with like one quote or one teaching that just kind of changed your life other than like your family member because for me like the greatest thing I heard was that but like my white professor he was like never he didn't know where I grew up at or anything like that but I remember being in college like my freshman year and he was like his name is Michael Roach you know shout out to Michael Roach but he was like an older guy and he was like grading everything and he was like you know what f this grading art um criteria you know that was my first college class ever and I was like man this guy said f the grading criteria what the hell and it just like opened my eyes to like you know like the um the freedom and the freedom of learning is what he was trying to get at you know like um and be yourself and don't let people um, create a standard that you have to live by. You know what I mean? That was the whole point. So that was one of the things that opened me up. But... Mm. So like resisting like the education standards and the fixation of the grade point system no, that no, they no, force no. everybody. That thing? It wasn't about it wasn't about resisting. It wasn't no sense of like protesting or anything like that. But it was in a sense to stay true to yourself and don't compromise yourself ever because you, you um like what we were talking about earlier, you know, we had to go through these certain like behaviors to know good behaviors. You know what I mean? And it wasn't like um F the system. It was more of like, understanding your system, yourself, like how you how you're going to perceive things. And we talked about it a little bit ago, but like this came from someone who um from a, uh, a white individual perspective you know and i guess what i'm trying to ask you is, is a what's one quote that someone gave you that's not you know like a not of our same color you know not from our community you know what i mean i don't know if that's a Ooh. right question to ask but like it's something <laughs> like, that's you know a what deep I mean? question that's a deep yeah, question. yeah 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 that's a really good question you got me really thinking about that because i'm not gonna lie to you I feel like personally, I really, I like to watch a lot of different podcasts. So I like to study what people say. And I really like to try to like, you know, somehow like attach to something they say and really use it in my everyday life or use it as a sense of inspiration. But one thing that I think really a person that really authored my brain chemistry is um from the book that I'm reading, Becoming Supernatural, although I never met him myself, his name is Joe Dispenza. I'm pretty sure that's his name. Um, he talks about in there, you know, how it's not really a quote, but almost like a piece of knowledge that I really took from that is that my reality really is whatever I choose to make it. And although I have lived a lot of my life in survival mode. I have to be kind to myself while I'm coming out of survival mode because this is years of trauma and pain and reacting to things not consciously that I am learning to let go of. So therefore, I need to be kind to myself. And just having that reminder that it's I'm not going to wake up one day and magically be healed and I'm not going to wake up one day and magically be this, you know... Mm -hmm like everything bad in me is going to be gone or I'm going to be the super patient person, but it's going to take 
time. And even when it takes time, I'm only going to get better at the way I react to things and the way that I perceive situations. So I feel like when I obtain that knowledge just through him and in, in this book and watching his different podcasts that really altered my brain chemistry to know that like, even on my bad days, I'm, I'm not that person, you know, I'm not the person that's still living in survival mode. I'm just having a rougher day today, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and just to be kind to myself because it is going to be okay. And as long as I'm consciously aware, then I'm growing and I'm evolving. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I asked that, and I, I made it so specific about Michael Roach, because, like, I didn't have a, those uh, father figures in my life. So I was really, um, like, with the, like you said, survival mode. So I was always in that mode. So, like, anytime an uh, older male figure that would try to give me, like, advice or anything, I'd be like, fuck you. You don't know where I come from. You don't know where I'm <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was always. You're not my dad. Like, yeah, like I was always. Yeah, you're not my dad. Okay. <laughs> my dad, no, dad is listening. Sorry, but <laughs> he'd be my dad, and I'd be like, "Well, you were not around, my like, girl." <laughs> but like, um, no, I guess uh, like, yeah. no, that's no. <laughs> a place of, uh, it came from a place of pain. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no. Of, of <laughs> yeah, so I guess like. I do want to encourage a lot of our listeners out there to have the courage to unlearn and relearn because a lot of times we kind of, I guess before COVID even happened, you know, we kind of wore masks already, you know, we kind of put on different masks of like, I I want to please this person. So like, and you put on a mask to please that individual or I want to um, be able to pass this class. So I'm going to kiss ass. So you put on that, that mask of like uh, goody two shoes or um, wanting to fit in, you know, like, you don't know nothing about weed or anything or like drinking. So like, I'm going to put on the mask of like, Ooh, I'm going to take a shot. Like, you know what I mean? Like just trying to fit in all the time. But so, but we were, we always removed ourselves from our authentic self. So I really, that's why I asked that question. No, that was a good question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I, got a, I got a question. So now I I see like now that we're talking and hearing a lot of stuff about you, uh, you know, your perspective on um, life and, you know, what you're saying is like the older you get, the more you get to to know yourself and you get to know like all of the good and the bad. And what is one thing that um, say that you have, you know, that there's another kid that's that you can relate to that's coming up or like that's growing up, what is one of the things that you would tell them that um, from your life story to them, like what is one thing that you would tell them to help them with their tool? Because I see uh, while I was growing up, there was not a lot of like self-affirmation or um, for myself because I, I felt like I was always so angry or uh, there was just like, you know, oh, he's he's uh, he's grandma's boy or he's just spoiled or like all this random stuff. And like like Miko said, having the mask or have put on a smile and do all these things when people don't know. And like, of course, um, one of the things that I, I said to this person and they're like, you can do it, you know, and that meant something to me that was so great. And it's just like, that's all I needed to hear. So um, for me to you is like, what would you tell that younger person that's, you know, going through that some similar situation that you're going that you went through that you could pass on to them? 
I think just the way that you take care of yourself is the way that the world is going to take care of you. And why I say that is because when you hold this standard for yourself, you won't let people come into your life and give you anything less than that because you're, you're, you're already used to giving yourself that. So just being kind to yourself and believing in yourself and understanding that the road might be lonely, but it's better to be lonely than to be around people that are not uplifting you that don't know who you really are. You can't grow if you're being crowded, you know, by people that can't water you because they don't know the real you. They don't, you're, you know, you're trying to mask yourself, but, and I used to try to do that, things like that too, you know, like I wanted to fit in and it just, it never got me anywhere. And right now, like I do walk a really, like, I don't want to say I walk a really lonely life, but I walk a very like intentional life. And because I walk so intentional, being that where I'm at, it caused me to kind of, you know, not be around as many people. And a lot of the times people do get scared to be alone. But when you realize how important the people are in your life, in terms of like the energy they're transmuting, you will start to realize like why it's so important to have authenticity, to have genuineness around you. So I think just really understanding the quality of things and the quality of people around you and the quality of your thoughts and how important it is to just be kind to yourself. I know that I keep emphasizing being kind, but it's so like, one grows with love, you know, one doesn't grow with one only grows so far with negative self-talk with, you know, beating yourself up. There's only so much you can do with that before you start to be like, damn, like at any point, am I excuse my language not to like curse, (laughs) but you know, you're like, you're like, am I, uh, like, am I really doing anything good enough? It's good to have that self-talk because it teaches you that, you know, you want more for yourself, but not to the point where you're drowning yourself. So just, you know, remembering that your mind is a garden. So make sure that you're cutting out all the weeds and you're allowing it to be a beautiful place for your flowers to flourish. Dang, I like the way you put that together because the way I I always think of it as like um, the way you put your energy out there and like you don't know what you're doing. So for me, like I didn't know what I was doing. I was hanging out with everybody doing my own thing, you know, like, um, yeah, trying to please people and like feed into all of these things and like know what's going on. It gets tiring. Your energy leaves and you're just like, oh, man, like and you're feeling so negative because you're taking in everyone else's like stuff. And I like the way you said that where it's just like you got to cut the weeds because it's like you're the power of your own energy and you can put it into something And you should really put it more into yourself to get to know yourself. And basically the people like friendships, friendships are always there along the way. And some friendships you do outgrow. And it's like, yeah, I may hang out with you like every now and then, but I know you're there from afar. And like, you know, I respect you and you're doing your thing, but I'm growing and I have to take this route to help myself because it's not you. It's literally like I need to do this to grow. And like I, w- I like the way you said that, cut the cut the weed. So that's awesome, Cameron. Thank you with your voice, bro. It sounds like you're trying to cry. Are you okay? <laughs> 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 kind of freaking like like 
like I said last night, I mean, not switching the subject, but last night, man, just going hard singing and it's like, oh man, I knew, I knew that moment when uh, I tried to kick this, or my buddy did this lead and I tried to follow right behind him, like to be on point. And then I, this part like hit and then I was like, oh, like, yep, this is going to be messed up because I was talking to you last night and I was okay. And then all of a sudden this morning, I was like, damn, my, my throat's fucked. Yeah. I thought your voice was cracking and I was like, Frank, are you okay? You need me to hold your hand there? Like, I thought you were oh. going to start crying or something, bro. Well, I mean, like, let it out, man, if you need to, let it out. It's, these are good conversations. So if I do get emotional, you know, it's it's because I am. So, yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Oh, yeah. Good, I wanted to jump back to what you said when you were talking about, you know, um, it is good to put time into yourself. But also, not only that, when I speak of quality, like, you know, oftentimes when let's say let's say you go and hang out with people that that are, you know, you go out and drink and it's OK. I'm not sitting here saying that you can't drink. I think if you do whatever you want to do and you still, you know, your your head is still a good place and you're still taking care of what you need to do, you're allowed to enjoy things, you know. But as long as it's not overtaking your life or changing you as a person. But one thing is, is that I've realized is would I rather go out and drink or if I have this personal project that I'm working on, would I rather would putting my energy towards that be of more quality, you know? So un understanding where, where you're going to put your energy at, where it will actually grow, like where something beautiful will come of it. Cause you know, like you said, you can go and hang out with these people. Like anytime, you know, your friends are always, you, you, your friendships are always going to be there, you know, but whenever you take time to nurture the things that truly matter, that is when real life, like, I don't want to transformation start to happen in a sense. You evolve into that from that Pikachu to that Raichu. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> think, nah, um, Charmander, Charmeleon, Charizard, yo, the big dragon. The um I think what we're trying to get at was talking about like putting your time, but it's just an investment, you know what I mean? Like investing like all those moments. And it's it comes with disciplinary, you know what I mean? It's so easy to just like go hang out, but like how much do you want to invest in yourself? You know, how much you want to grow, you know, work on yourself. And I kind of look at it like that. You know, I, I take a lot of times to like read books on, you know, like on cannabis, you know, drink my teas, you know, I sit by my fireplace and just think, you know, think about thoughts that people nor normally don't think about. And I kind of revisit those sad places because sometimes there's still teachings in them. You know what I mean? You're either wise or wounded, but and then I look at it like that with, like, my friends, you know what I mean? Like, I want to invest into my friends, you know? And it's not money. It's not, it's not like, uh, um, good times, but it's, like, um, like I'm investing, like, like with Josh and Frankie, you know, I invested a lot of my, my time and focus and, like, what we're doing right now, you know what I mean? Like, I invested a lot of time into this, like, podcast stuff and not in a sense of, like, yeah, we're going to get rich, but in a sense of, like, you know, there's a, we have a responsibility to our communities and we have a, we have a, um, we have a duty to fulfill, you know? And I think that's why, you know, God or however you guys want to see it to gosh, whatever, but I really think that's the whole purpose of what God put us here for. You know what I mean? And I say God in a sense of like, not how people view colonization, but I think of like a higher being, a higher omniscient being that overlooks all our duties. You know what I mean? And I want to be able to, go to the end of my life and say, you know, I did my best. You know what I mean? I tried my best.
and I invest in a lot of things and I want them to be able to open that book and say, or, you know, or look at all my Facebook posts. <laughs> just get in with just, <laughs> but it's like, all the um, jokes you make all the time. Sheesh. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I want to be able to like confidently say, you know, I did my best, you know what I mean? And I had to, and I don't know what that um kind of looks like for you, Cameron. Like, I guess when you come to a point, um, like when you're, um, I guess, to the end of like and um god hope not but like if you were at the at the at the gates or however you want to view that next world that spirit world but like what would uh what would you want to be remembered by so when i transcend out of this physical body <laughs> i yeah, want when you, when I, <laughs> <laughs> because i'm a long live my spirit no long live my spirit but um yeah, we just really leave this, you know, this was this 3D. That's what I believe in. For me, I want, I know, like, I think I will be able to move on happily and, like, comfortably when I, like, made a difference, you know, or I made people feel loved or I made, like, somebody be, like, give them a sense of hope. That's, like, really what I feel like life is about. You know, it's not the money or the cars and of course the all of those things are nice and i believe that we are entitled to living a luxury life whatever luxury means to you but i know that like i'm not the feelings and the memories and the experiences that's what i'm going to be able to take with me you know so that's something that i really like find as my full circle moment so cameron you're saying like less importance on materialistic objects more on experiences and building good human relationships with one another yeah. and it makes you feel all wholesome and at the end of the day you're going to look back at your life on all the chapters of like yeah i did that shit like that was amazing yeah like uh, i got to have good conversations with people and i got to have amazing experiences and i got to be around love and feel sadness and learn from the sadness you know not just drown in it so you know just being able to really be a human and and have the experience of what it is to you know embody all of the things the the sense the the all five senses, you know, smell, touch, because at the end of the day, like I said, you can't take the cars, the money, the houses. You can't take none of that with you. I mean, I can. Like, they're going <laughs> to bury it with me. They're going to bury me in my beaded vans. I put that in my will. It's going with me. I better not be no grave robbers. That's my shoes. <laughs> no. <laughs> All jokes aside, but yeah, yeah. You know, totally spot on. Yeah. So I guess... I guess we're coming up on an hour, I think. Josh, am I right? Yeah, hour ish. It looks like. Yeah, yeah. I've been on here almost like fifty minutes ish now. I would say. So I know, like, whenever I first um first shot the idea of like um like we'll talk we'll talk about um like what Cameron's trying to do with like podcasting, but I guess um like Cameron, I know you were you said you were gonna come up with questions for us. Do you got any more questions or yeah? So one thing I wanted to ask you guys is how did you okay? One thing I also noticed about being on the reservation is there's a lack of confidence within the children. So, like, or just you know, being a minority, let's just say that because I I bet there's a lot of minorities in general that feel like you know they lack this this certain confidence. So, because one thing that I 
have realized is even when I make, you know, my videos and record them on Facebook, I'm nervous. Like, I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, I'm, I'm so nervous. I'm shaking in my boots. <laughs> so mm -hmm. how did you, is that like something you guys dealt with and how did you overcome that? And how do you, you know, continue to like, not that, not let that be a barrier? Well, let's we'll start with Frankie. Cause like his first podcast, he was like, um, so, um, <laughs> yeah, well, <clears throat> it, I feel like it comes with like it's a skill though too and it gets easier and easier every time you keep doing it so it's just like alright I'm not gonna be or uh or like like but <clears throat> for confidence though even with like the lack of kids or with the kids that have that lack of confidence I feel like it's not really a don't get me wrong. I'm pretty sure we do have good, we have good mentors and there are some good families out there that really do discipline their kids. But, um, you know, like let's not make it, uh, I mean, I'm having a pause right now. Hold on. Give me a moment. But the kids are like the families. Um, there's not nay. Now you guys are getting me nervous. He, but, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't people discipline <laughs> and you guys <clears throat> all right so read back to it one okay <clears throat> so the kids i feel like there's mostly disruptive family homes and sometimes like they're jealous or there's things going on where like oh yeah you think you're better or all this and that's where it like destroys and even with, like, uncles and aunties, because, I mean, like, even my uncles are not really my aunties, but it was my uncles that were kind of, like, really hazing us. And I know it was just teasing, but also sometimes it really felt like that. So that's where most of my confidence left or, like, some of my cousins um, where I'm going to get back to, like, my grandma. Um, you know, during the time, my dad and my mom weren't, weren't around. So uh, she took care of me and my auntie did. So they were both, like, my mom and dad. And they gave me what I wanted. They made sure I had stuff, all of this. And every time, like I used to like ID because of Christmas or like all of these things, you know, because like, Oh, my grandma, my grandma would let me open my presents when the whole family thing was together. So when my, they would see me get a bunch of presents and stuff, they would get pissed and be like, Oh, Frankie, grandma likes Frankie the most, or um, he's just spoiled. And like, I'd always hear stuff like that. And that's where my confidence left. And like, I really did eat a lot. So I got Chepa and like, that's where my co confidence, you know, I was like lacking all of that. And then basically uh, I started working out and started finding myself. And I really found um, working out helped out so much and it built, built that. And then of course I got a job at the wellness center and I got to like interact with people, um, got to really feel, cause I, I say this in every episode, when you're a trainer, you're like a therapist with the dumbbell. So you get to, you have to like hold those people's conversations to a certain level of like not telling others, don't gossip. That's not right. You know? And, um, basically helping those people build that confidence and that's what i really liked so when i was um going to uh i was a security guard at a school and one of the kids the kids would always ask me like workout stuff or like anything and i would help them and that's how i felt like i got to relate to them and then um once i got into powerlifting, that was like one of the best things so it's just like one thing that i noticed is that the different environments that you're in and we're always 
like we're on the res. So like we're, we deal with a lot of like negative stuff too. And, um, it, it's, I see it being passed down to the kids. And that was one thing that would like, if I see it and if somebody comes along the way and asks me stuff and like, I want to encourage them because that's what they need. And same thing, um, you know, like cooking, I got involved with like cooking with like these big time chefs, like Elena, Elena Terry, Sean Paul, or Sean Sherman, Sean Paul, she, Sean Sherman. And, all <laughs> and it was so, so cool. But I was also thinking like, am I able to be like them? And I remember talking to a uh, wheezy pun and or wheezy pun. And um, I was like, yeah, I really want to do this cooking. But one thing he said to me and, you know, I was 30 years old. One thing he said to me is like, you can do it. You know, that's what you need. That's what you can do. And like, just from those, the people that are older than me, it's like these little guys are looking up to us and like, we need to set better examples. We need to break these cycles and we need to tell these younger ones or even people our age or older than us, like, that's okay. You know, like you want to do that? Fuck, go for it. You know, like get it. Like, that's cool. Like you should do that. Or, um, because that builds the confidence and I think that's where I'm going to get at. Cause I'm going to go on a long rant. <laughs> you good, bro? Did yeah. Did you get it all out? I just get into it, but I'm going to keep going. So I better oh, pass it. No, that's good. Uh, I like the uh, the avenue you took on it because you kind of um, went back to a place of where a time where uh, people kind of took away your spotlight and kind of took your voice away and kind of uh, ridic- ridiculed for it. And I think a lot of times there, uh, I guess people get caught up in that crab and in bucket mindset. But like, where do we learn that? You know what I mean? I think a lot of things we learn is learned behavior. You know what I mean? It starts at home. You know, if we see it at home a lot, you know, we're going to take those to other places. So I think for me, when it comes to like speaking or like being able to be in front of the crowd or to like um do a prayer or like when people ask me to do different things, I kind of like go back to those moments of like, man, what would what would my mom do? Because like my my Ina, you know, she was a real advocate for like the treaties. I seen her. Um, go to Supreme Court, you know, kind of defend equal. She did all these things growing up, spoke at the state level. So I, I seen that, you know what I mean? And that was within the household. So like, I can't imagine like um, being in a home where I didn't see those things and I would be able to speak on those kind of struggles. Cause, but I think for me, you know, kind of having that confidence from my Ina, you know, I seen her do a lot of speeches in Lakota. She never missed a beat, man. And and I know it's like a like what Frankie said, you know, it's a skill, and uh, repetition is the father of learning, you know. And you wouldn't know if you do it, you you wouldn't know how good you are unless you do it over and over again. And you gotta fail, you know what I mean? You gotta fail, you know. You won't know uh, success without failure, you know. It's a balance. So you, to all my listeners out there, you know, don't be afraid to just jump out of your um your uh, comfort zone because you would. Um, that's the whole part of it. You know, you got to detach from that comfortable ability to find somewhere like if it ain't scaring you, you know, don't go for it. You know, like your dreams and your aspirations and everything should scare you, you know, like a relative Cameron, you know, she took a big jump and just started her own business. She didn't see the ropes. She didn't see people um, do it, but she did it. You know what I mean? And you, you wouldn't know until you actually tried it. So I think my confidence comes from that. 
and I, <laughs> I know when I went to college and I came back and a lot of people were like downing me they're like man why do you sound so white and I was like what the heck like I really like I I, I enjoy like um books I I read <laughs> I read a lot of um like books and a lot of the English is very punctual and like it, it it's in a fluid motion so I kind of want to speak like that you know I want to speak in a in a way of where people could paint that picture you know what i mean i don't want to just speak in a 2d um, version of it but i really um that's and just to kind of answer that you know that's where my confidence came from uh let's see confidence for me came with trying to stand up to like and you know these teachers i guess weren't racist i would say they were good people but like they're you know, problematic in the sense of like they don't understand native people. I always want to tell them off, be right. You know, I was saying earlier on the podcast, and then also like encountering racist people too. Growing up, I asking how much Indian I am. I grew up around per cap natives. Obviously, I'm not a per cap native, so everyone has assumed like, hey, you know, how much money do you make? You're a rich Indian. Like, I'm not. My family is, and my cousins are, but I'm not. You know, mm -hmm. um, and just like really telling people like, hey, like you know, I'm Oglala and Tongva and. Well, Oglala does have a casino. Like, ain't nobody making money because we got thousands of people enrolled. And my other tribe isn't even federally recognized. So, like, there's no ability to have those type of economic, you know, financial security, I guess, that people kind of compare. And that's unique, that I would say, to California in some ways. There's a lot of Indian casinos out here. So, there was always stereotyping me about being Native growing up. So, I kind of got confident about this, like, you know, refuting the fact after time after time question after question of like no you don't know shit let me tell you this and i always make people regret them asking me because i get all and it depends on who i'm talking to if it's a native person who doesn't know much i kind of take it easy on them just because i have a soft spot for native people in general but if it's a non-native person who comes up to me i'll either like give him like a big hardcore academic talk i'm like oh actually yeah you know i do this i do that you know actually you're quite wrong because xyz and they just stop staring at me and they're nodding their head and their face is like oh shit I regret asking this guy this thing. I'm like, yeah, you kind of do. So you're going to hear me talk right now because I don't give a shit. Or the other part is I make a bunch of jokes. Someone's like, oh, you get money for the government? I'm like, yeah, you know, I get about $10 million a year. So yeah, it's pretty nice. And the jaw drops. I'm like, I'm just kidding with you. Like, you're just dumb asking those questions. And then the other part, I would say navigating more of the Indian world because all of that was talking about like the colonial world, being in college and spaces that are mostly kind of white-centered, Eurocentric, I would say. And working with community, I would say working with the native people that I, I went to college with, whether they're students and then the broader Kuia, Tongva, Serrano, and Luceno, those are like the four tribes that are on the lands of where the college I went to. And then I would say another type of confidence is working with people back in South Dakota. Them South Dakota students from, you know, Yankton and Rosebud, Pine Ridge, they're a whole lot different than the native students that worked out here in California. And the confidence I learned out in South Dakota is learning that you don't have to talk all the time. Just listen. You don't have to brag. Just hear them out. And the moment that they, you know, quite frankly, trust you or are open to talking with you, they're like, hey, like, you know, you're from the city and you're not all that bad. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. You know, I'm, a, I'm all right person. You know, some students literally blatantly said that, like, hey, like, that you're kind of whack at first, but you're all right. I'm like, hey, thanks. I appreciate that. So the confidence to shut up and just listen. Hmm. We thought you were Ched, Josh. You still think <laughs> I'm Ched, Frankie? You still think yeah. I'm Ched? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, I guess a little bit on my.
confidence. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that with me, guys, because, yeah, that was something I was genu genuinely curious about because you guys seem to handle this and articulate this very well. Mm -hmm. So I guess, uh, well, okay, I got one last question. Okay. How how was this? How was this like space for you? Like how was this moment? Like because the whole like what I'm trying to promote here is just like I, like we always say you know like being a good relative. So I hope like you had a space to like um truly like reveal yourself and like understand like like get your your image out there like uh, the way you see the world the way you want to paint it. So like I hope we did that good enough because. I want to be able to like be more confident in that because I was like because like I was really like I put it in a group chat like man I'm nervous I might choke up because like that was for real like it's it's been a while since we did an interview so so I was like dang I don't know how this is gonna go so like I don't know why but I always play like they call it a thousand moments before it actually happens so like I was replaying like man what am I gonna say like I hope I don't try to like come off like i'm showing off like you know what i mean like i'm not trying to like but i like so i'll, I'll leave it like that but, like was it good enough or was it like cool like, <laughs> not was it good enough it was good it was very good the experience was very wholesome and like i said before like I'm really grateful to have gotten this opportunity to, you know, be able to talk to people who are a lot farther in this craft that I really admire. So, you know, it is it is a gift to me and I'm very grateful. And it it has been a fun experience and I've got to have good conversation with you guys. You know, I feel like um, there is still, of course, like there's not a lot that you can really portray within an hour, especially into a whole entire human being, you know, like they like we go our whole entire lives. So we clearly have a story to tell. But I feel like in terms of, you know, I sprinkle the little dust and hopefully those it hits people and they're like, ah, like, OK, you know, like I see that who what it, what she is trying to get out there, you know. So I hope that, like I said before, the things that I'm saying, like. You know, people just find inspiration or just like see something in it, like they're able to take something because then it means that I came here and I did fulfill my purpose with you guys, you know, but I also did come here and I learned something from you guys, too. And I'm grateful for that. Mm. So I guess what's the big reveal? What's the podcast name? When are you going to drop it? What's <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> I'm still really, I'm still really working on this confidence thing. Like I told you. So I really am. I'm, it is a really, it's a journey. Let's say that I'm still learning how to be kind to myself and really learning how to believe in myself. Because like I said, one day I'm not, I'm like, it's, it took me a lot to even post the videos because before I was not even active on social media at all. Like I don't, I do not be on social media like that. So, you know, just even jumping to that like platform and revealing so much of myself when I kept a lot of myself private, mm -hmm. it's like such a big step for me because I'm showing people this new side of vulnerability in hopes that it makes them realize it is okay to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And uh, just to go back on that, if you don't share your creativity, you won't have any more room for creativity so you you gotta you gotta put out you know what i mean you gotta yep. just throw it out there and you know it's a snowball effect you know what i mean you don't, you might not yeah. know that what the things you share you know you might um save a little girl's life or a, a young man's life you know they might want to look at that outlook a little bit differently you know what i mean 
Yeah, and definitely um your your uh how you were saying like earlier, like the whole uh podcast situation. Um let's go back to the part where you were asking us questions and I was like, Holy, like you're 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 good at this, like you can do this and I think, you know, like I definitely want to hear you. So um, when you do decide or whenever you do get it out there, I highly encourage you to just do it. I mean, like even when we talk, like Miko said, um, just put your, you've already started your business. You've done all of these amazing things, Cameron. And like, just, just do it. You know, um, there's always going to be like, ah, oh, like nervousness. Like Miko said, I'm nervous guys. Cause it's been a while, but also it's like, we got to have that feeling though within us. Cause uh, how, you know, for us to grow, we gotta, we just gotta do it. So, um, yeah. you know, I urge you just get go or get to it. No, I'll just kidding. <laughs> um, for real though, it's like, do it. I can't wait because, you know, I'm definitely going to listen to you. And, um, I, how I first noticed though, was like when you're posting that stuff on Facebook, it was really cool. It was encouraging because, um, you're not only like letting your energy out there, but you're doing it in a good way. And also it's like, <clears throat> um, I enjoy hearing them and you know, you do say about like, like for females and stuff, but it's like, I listen to them because it's good. Like it's good to hear that. So, um, you know, I highly recommend just do it, just do it. Come on. You know, you want to, <laughs> the uncles are just <laughs> persuasive. <laughs> no. No. Yeah, Cameron, just go for it. You're, like, you're super confident. You're really good. I would think you already had podcast experience. If I didn't know you and you just jumped in with no knowledge of knowing who you are, I would assume that you already have one, have been on podcasts, maybe did sports radio or local radio, played you know, music <laughs> on there. You have this natural flow and ability to talk about different topics, ask questions, and your demeanor, you've you know, kept it up, not to say that like there's good or demeanor or bad demeanor, but you have a lively spirit too. This has this mm -hmm. natural flow that people really like. And I think what you were mentioning earlier, I remember you read a lot of books and then also you listen to other podcasts as well. So you're definitely retaining that information. And from like a very teaching perspective, you are learning from your teachers and you're emulating that same sort of energy uh, today. And I know you do it in other spaces as well. So, you know, from like a teaching perspective, because I'm always in like school, keep going and you're doing a really good job. And yeah, I'm really glad to meet you, share this space with you today and really, really good questions. And I see that you thought about these questions beforehand. So you mean you came prepared, you did your homework and you're like, all right, I'm going to go on Z5 and, you know, be prepared to talk about this. Like you're going to a class, like you're doing a presentation, you're applying for a job. There's a certain methodology and you hit all those marks today really well. Yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah. The light you guys see in me is the light I see in you. And I want to um, just say this. I really think you have a really badass voice. I ain't going to lie. Like, if you if you did, like, some kind of audiobook or if you did, like, some ASMR or whatever, like, man, like, damn, I'll fall asleep to that shit. That shit sounds cool. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, goddamn, read a manual. Read a manual for me, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like. But no. <laughs> Give me cooking she said, instructions. No podcast. Just, just write something you want. You want me to say, and I'll, I'll, I'll record it and send it to you. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you, bro. But you really enjoyed this. <laughs> Thank you. Not you. I didn't mean like you, but like people. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
a personal <laughs> message for me. <laughs> I was like, oh what? <laughs> but um, no, I really, I appreciate you being here and just um like Josh said, emulating that light and like you your story matters, you know what I mean? Just get it out there because that's where I think we need a big um push is pushing very organic stories because there's a lot of people out there speaking for us and they're not touching on all the parts of how we see the world. You know what I mean? We're not always just protest Indians. You know what I mean? We're not just like always crabbing in buckets. We're not always drunks. You know what I mean? I don't, I want to destroy those images because we are, we are thinkers, you know, we are, we are visionaries, you know what I mean? So that's just kind of like where I want to encourage you is to keep going, you know, don't ever compromise. And uh, just be yourself, you know what I mean? And I don't need to tell you that because you know that you know that already. So thank you. Thank you guys. Yeah, well, so, so Josh. Yeah, we're gonna we're wrapping it up, yeah. Any any final thoughts? Is that what we're doing right now? Yeah, final thoughts, everybody. Um, Start with Josh. Let's see. Yeah. All you listeners out there. I would say, you know, do the motivation to do the thing that you want to do. Start a podcast, start cooking, exercise. Just start day by day. You don't have to do it for a long time. It can be five minutes, 10 minutes, 15. And if you stick to a schedule and you try to do it as much as you can, you know, within, you know, whatever you got going on in life, stick to it. Stick to that plan. Consistency is key. I mean, not to sound, you know, like, you know, stoic Indian like, but like, that's what ancestors did. You know, that's why people can make baskets. So I thought they do art, why they do songs, dance, whatever it is. They did it all the time. And, you know, us just talking today replicates the thousands of years of conversations that native people have had within our community and other communities around the world. So just do it. Like Nike already took that phrase, unfortunately, but just literally go out there and do it and don't be embarrassed who cares what people think and say about you go out there make yourself feel good and help others that's all i gotta say and running off can, oh you go nike can have just do it but we'll have just embody it there we if go what embody oh. means just fill it and be it oh. and let let it be one with you there we go. Quote Cameron. Quote Cameron on that. <laughs> All right. Uh, frankly. Josh's spiel. Um, you know, I have the same exact exact feeling of what he's going off of. Um, if you're just starting or trying to do something and you have that fear, those are good core memories because you can look back on them and be like, man, I remember I was so scared to do this and like I messed up, but now next time I know what to do better. And those are learning lessons and just keep just keep going don't be afraid because i mean even with my siblings my sister oh man my sister mariah shout out to you but if you're listening to this and you're hearing this i used to really get on her because she'd be like this with her sleeve over her mouth and <laughs> like because I, I i i raised her too and um when we would go do stuff um she would be like she would talk to me like i would have to do that and i'll tell her i was like hey i'm not mom i was like you're living with me you're going to have to learn how to grow up and you got to talk for yourself. And that was one thing that she started doing. And I'm so proud of her. Same thing with my little brother. Um, you know, like I, I don't, I don't say this a lot, but you know, I love my little brother so much. And like, we, we grew up together and like, like I said, I raised him too. And, um, 
he was staying on the res for a while and it, I could see it was tearing him down. And like, he, he decided to move. He lives in Illinois right now. And like, he grew like basically like everyone's saying he was in this cocoon and then he grew up and he became this butterfly, like this big ass butterfly. And he's doing his own thing. And it's just like, I remember, I remember this core memory of him leaving and he looked at me and he started crying and I wanted to cry, but I needed to be strong for him because I was just like, you know what, brother? I was like, you're young. Go do this. Don't worry about me. I'll be here when you come home. You know, like you'll, uh, you'll, we'll be back to get, you know, like we'll be, we'll be the same again, but go experience that life and go do it. It was like, because you're looking at me like you don't want to go, but you need to go. And I remember my ankle was broken and he walked out the door. And I, I just started crying afterwards because I was like, man, that's like, it's hard to see one of your siblings or one of your, uh, you know, he's not my kid, but it's like one of the little birds. And he he was like, I mean, he was old, but he'd been, he was 20 something, but it was just like, I, I seen him grow from a boy to a man. And it was just like seeing him leave the nest. And that really made me, you know, think of like, this is what our people need to do, like do experience or push those thresholds do what's unsafe i'm not saying like go crash your car or anything but like do something that's gonna be like like oh shit i got <laughs> i got this like i got this scholarship but i'm scared to leave home do it experience it get out there and get it so that's one of the things i want to run off of josh's and you know be you be you genuinely and you're not gonna please others don't worry about that um you know you'll find out later on when you get older so um Again, this is Frankie Young signing off from Sioux Falls. And, you know, Nake Nula Wa'u, you know, be always ready for anything. And uh, Hoka, let's go. Mm-hmm. So, Cameron, your sign off. Anything you want to say? Final thoughts. I hope when this message reaches whoever's listening, they get it with love. And I'm sending everybody love and light. And I hope. At some point, again, we could tap in and have another amazing conversation. But until next time, see you all. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's me now. <laughs> but I really think, um, and we was always, and I, I guess this is uh, as a podcast leader, you know, we, we do have a spot for like a female, you know. So if you ever want to join in on a podcast, you know what I mean? Because we always... We're always looking for um individuals that have really good insight, but we never have that female perspective. And I really think um I want to keep it very three dimensional, you know. And I don't want it just to come from like a male perspective. So you know, just throwing that out there for you, Cameron. You know, because I know you want to build up to the confidence. So maybe in the next few episodes, we'll invite you back on some I topics and whatever. But. Yeah, but I guess um my final thing for you, or for all my relatives out there, is that, and I said this to my friend, and she was going through a really hard time, and I said, you're just as powerful as any prayer that's ever said. You know what I mean? And it's you, you are, you could walk it, you could say all these great things, but like the the moment you put yourself first, that's when you start following your prayer. You can't just say. God give me a good life, but what are you doing to meet that prayer? You know what I mean? So you gotta walk walk what you say. And that's me, Miko Berkeley, signing off from Allen Community. And I thank you all for listening.